0: Well, it's a sad day. It's the last of our series on <laughs> Naval Ravikant and applying his wisdom to early career. Five changes I'd make to the, or oh, I can't speak for Luke, that I'd make to the How to Get Rich uh, series. And Luke, I guess as a staunch Naval fan, you'll get to see whether you agree or disagree and nut this out. I know you're sad because I know this is the last one on Naval, but <sighs> the the next one will be Tim Ferriss. Right. I know you love just as much, and they and they're good friends. So there's the silver Fantastic. lining for you. <laughs> all right, let's 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 jump in. These are not major, by the way. All in all, I think this is such a positive thing to go through for people themselves, not just our deconstruction of the last 10 episodes or whatever. And I, I just want to ma- maximize the clarity of his ideas being applied to younger, earlier career people. Because there's a couple of ways I think you could misinterpret parts, um, which would be a big shame. So it's actually amplifying the beauty of this, not, criti- not trying to like... Knock it down. All right. The first thing is broadening the definition of wealth. So it's not a criticism of Naval at all, but he has a certain circumstances which shape his quite, I'd say, quite narrow definition of wealth. So he defines it, if you remember, as basically earning while you sleep. It's it's that kind of definition of wealth. Uh, I'm not trying to be semantic, but I do call this the rags to riches narrative. Um, so I, I, I see this a lot. I've seen it in my own family. When someone... Grows up materially poor or, or desperate to like strove really hard to achieve financial freedom as a very strong goal in their life. Uh, I think that this, I call this the rags to riches narrative, where they've, they've ended up creating a very well balanced and holistic life. It's about way more than money, but they overvalue the role of financial and material wealth in their life and their well being and their happiness. All right, they give a too generous um, an attribution to money to their happiness, and I think that they undervalue, even though they're not ignoring that like relationships and stuff are important. They undervalue sometimes the role relationships, inner peace, stoicism, health, things like this have. So like Naval acknowledges in this series, like um, this is not money doesn't make you happy. Uh, the point is obviously he's going at is money buys you freedom from the material world etc. But like he did grow up very poor. I don't know what age he moved from India to America, but he says like he grew up really like poor. And this is something I've seen in my, uh, my family, like previous generations, especially my grandparents who are all immigrants. And there's, there's becomes a lot of emphasis placed on earning money. Yeah, it's not reflected in say, I look at my parents, it's not reflected in their behavior. They actually live very well-balanced lives. But it's the classic, maybe even generational difference of emphasizing like money and a definition of wealth that's very tied to money and a definition of success that's very heavily tied to money. Yet it's not actually re- reflected in their behavior. And I think it's because money was such a pain in their side for so long and such a stress growing up that it's on a conditioning level. And then they associate a lot of things that have come after having money with the money itself. Like, you know, you, you work, you work hard, you meet probably people who have a similar ethic, I'm sure, on your journey or whatever, you achieve a certain quality of life and you associate it with those people, right? With, with your earning. Whereas I'd argue that, you know, money is not necessarily a necessity to have some of these other rewards in life. I don't know if I'm being semantic, but I want to clarify that because I think there's, it's difficult for someone who's been on the rags to riches journey to communicate really clearly the role like a a very objective like view of money because i would broaden the definition of wealth like uh, i always cite things like the harvard studies and stuff like that um as like the real wealth is actually having a wealth of social connections if you look at like how it predicts longevity and and health outcomes and all these other life outcomes actually seems to have a much bigger impact than money so I thought that was one that was worth pointing out. Secondly, I wanted to make sure that there wasn't a septic focus when looking at the, the series. So I think the name, um, it, you know, the name of this, How to Get Rich, it reminds me a lot of the title four Hour work week. Um, I, I, just, I just think it's really interesting because I think in both cases, people miss the point of the actual series. And I know that Naval does disclaimer that, you know, it's about more than money and i know that tim ferriss in my opinion i think he regrets using the title 4 hour work week in a way cuz 4 hour work week i've been reviewing a bit of it and cuz it's tim ferriss is next and it, it does have he's he says i won't spoil the episodes we do but he says there's a chapter would have made longer about what you actually do when you you know mm-hmm. you've got your kind of 4 hourish work week the problem is i don't think you can argue or prescribe to people how they interpret what you do, just because it was your work, if that makes sense. The thing I think the thing with the title "How to Get Rich" is that it is very loaded. It is very loaded. So even though it's not just Naval doesn't believe that money is the be all and an end all, um, and he's trying to cut through the fluff, I do think that it does it does um, unfortunately send that message. The title and of itself because it's very you gotta understand people have conditioned responses to to money so obviously just want to clarify that i think getting rich for richness sake is a pretty foolish goal um it doesn't you know it's kind of like even if money doesn't make you happy um <laughs> then just pursuing it um and burning all your energy to pursue it is probably not a very effective life strategy we talked about this a bunch i think luke yesterday yeah. Third, I think define the ideal of a high quality of life today before you go on the journey. We did talk about this before we started unpacking the series. So I think that before you go on this journey of how do I get rich, I'd say for most people, probably I'd guess like 90%, 80%, they'd be better off defining what a high quality of life looks like today before you think about the role of more money. I guess this is bias because this is my philosophy so I'm acknowledging that but this is why, I, personally I found the MVL concept that we talk about in episode 1 of this podcast more of a liberation because it's this psych it's this detachment psychologically of your m- most of your psychology from money itself so you can just be more objective uh, and more detached from income rather than emotionally like trying to avoid like he says a lot of people are trying to avoid wealth like they're attached to not making money, which is so funny and so true. But then you also got the opposite. You really want to be somewhere in the middle, really. You actually don't want to be too much on either side, I don't think. So my question is to unpacking that because I think that is a precursor to really getting full value from his How to Get Rich series. What are the highlights and memories of your life that stick out to you? What are the things you've done for an audience of none? What activities do you do that lock you in a state of peace or flow state where you lose track of time? And what itch keeps gnawing away at you? What impulses or curiosities haven't gone away? Those are the things that probably mean something. Fourthly, these are smaller points. I, I would actually consider renaming this. If I could rename it, Luke, I would call it the how to get opportunity series. I actually think this is about way more than money. And I think it, this is a, that's a more accurate summary. I know it's not quite as sexy um, a sexier title. And believe me, sexy titles do matter. Um, but I think that this is just a fantastic education about this age of leverage we're in that people really have fractional awareness of at best. And financial gain is just one of the things you're going to uh, realize if you apply the ideas Naval Ravikant has. Um, yeah, and it kind of ties into what we've been working on calling the exponential career a lot as well, which we can talk about in future episodes. Fifth... I think if you take all the wisdom, so if you go through that process of first having personal clarity, right, and MVL before you dive into the series. And then I think at the end, the challenge I would give to a listener or reader of how to get rich is apply the I only do what only I can do principle that I think I talked about in episode 120 of this podcast or 119 from memory uh, it's a quote from someone else from Jack Delosa, but I use I love this as a filter for what I work on and spend my life doing I think with this principle you do think about money as a much more secondary consideration rather than this this easy trap to fall into is I'll just sort money out and then I can deal with this life thing <laughs> Yeah. Um, because otherwise, um, in a, we have an opportunity-rich world. But Luke, obviously, like, not all opportunities created equal. Uh, or sorry, scratch that. Not all opportunity, there's no such thing as an objectively better opportunity, maybe. So, if I just said to you, Luke, tomorrow I'm going to make you CEO of, uh, I don't know, the biggest tech, tech, tech-backed real estate company in the world, right? Objectively, that's like a great opportunity. Yeah supposedly, but also we don't know if you really have a passion for real estate, if you really cut out to be or want to be a CEO at this point. Um, and even though like the salary might be bigger, I don't know if it's actually a positive move for you to go and do that just because, but every every metric that society seems to value is probably positive, mm. right? You have more money than you have now. You have more status than you have now. You have more recognition than you have now. You probably have more reach in what you do than what you have now. Yeah, I don't know if that really ex- is a prospect that excites you.
1: Well, <laughs> the question comes up, what, what happens when that wears off? If you're not enjoying it or if it's not something you want to do, you probably just leave and then take the money that you earn from that and do something else.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think if you can wrap that principle at the end around all the ideas that Naval, just, he just lays it out so well. It's so impressive the way he speaks and delivers. Um, I think if you wrap that around it all, I think you are left with a really a special attitude towards life. And he does say that. So just remember, uh, it's, it's, he does say it. But I just wanted to emphasize it because he does. it's not some it's not looking out at the market and saying, where can I just meet market opportunities and what are the things I can do to create leverage and rah, rah, rah. But he does talk about, you know, you got to start, what, what looks like play to you, what feels like play to you but looks like work to everyone else, right? Like what are you naturally curious about? Like, what are you intrinsically motivated by? What have What have you already demonstrated behaviorally that you're doing, that you're willing to do, right? And his mum predicted he'd be in business when he thought he was going to be an astrophysicist. So he's, he's really switched on. He really knows that it does come from things that you're drawn to do. The leverage, I think, the concepts of leverage and opportunity need to be applied to what you're interested in, not not pursued as a, a game for itself. I'd say that's the wrong way to do it. Because <laughs> yeah, the, it's like, that example is quite perfect of you becoming a real estate tech CEO. Because it's like society just would not would not um, hesitate to call that a step up. I yeah. wouldn't know what to do with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that's, that's that's like the point. So I always love a bit of I only do what only I can do at the end. But that's really oh look, that's really everything I've got. He's he's a it's a fantastic series and people will benefit from it. So um, go ahead and enjoy. Any final thoughts on all that, Luke? Uh,
1: I do just want to highlight number point number four you may.
0: Yep, we'll go back to that. So yep. this is around opportunity. Yeah, opportunity yep. I
1: think that's a key point because he talks, he actually, when you go into the series, he goes so much deeper into things that are not just about money, um, which yep. opportunity being around, you know, fulfillment, social connect like all those things are sort of missing so i see i see i see the point around that but when it comes to leverage and it's all and i often wonder how with the title as well how many people did he sort of push out
0: mate my, my friend nick I'm, i don't did I, think... I mention this already scott sent the scott sent the podcast to our friend nick and he's like, I don't wanna to listen to this yeah, just all that, about yeah. making money. He had that he had that kind of turned so, off.
1: I wonder how many people he so misses into the you know, from listening into the series when it's about so much more like we're talking about, versus exactly. how many people he actually brought in because of a provocative title. So there's two yeah. elements to that.
0: I think I think that the trick though with clickbait is if you bring in the wrong people, you've brought in the wrong people. So that ultimately destroys itself. Yeah, because So that's why it doesn't actually make sense to play the. I don't want to accuse him of playing the. No, no, no. But But ideally, um,
1: (laughs) ideally, you would want to bring in, or it'd be good to bring in a lot of people that have misconceptions about money and investing and all these different things, because they kind of shut their mind off to.
0: Well, that's exactly right. That's it's. So I guess the sort of person who listens to this is like who this is really perfect for, because a lot of people who are like maybe on the they're on the. This, they're on this line of, am I some entrepreneurial kind of person or am I just doing this conventional path thing? And it's actually, no, there's this interesting blend and stage-based way you can progress towards it and away from it. But ultimately, I do generally challenge people to do the highest leverage thing that they could be doing. Like, sorry, be the highest leverage version of themselves. So again, doesn't mean Luke should go beef. There's some real estate tech opportunity I have for you. Doesn't mean you should go do that. But if you're finding the podcast with Dom, or perhaps something else within sales and your other industry you're in, you you know, you can do something on a bigger level—not um, bigger level, but a more impactful level, perhaps. Then that's always that's interesting to that's those doors are interesting because you'll naturally seek it. You'll naturally get stagnant somewhere if you're not taking the next, pardon me, next step up. Yeah. So I think that that's why this is good. You infuse this with, you know, incredible authenticity. You have a high contributing member of society.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I was going to make a point around number five, but I think we'll leave that yep. for Tim Ferris because it's more around, All right. Uh, I, I can, yeah, the I can do what only I can do. Yeah, yeah, might have to, might have to leave it. Perfect, but, mate. That's this has been awesome, absolutely awesome.
0: Thank you, thank you, and thank you, Naval Thank Ravikar. you, Naval. All right, next up, next up, Tim Ferriss. I'll see everyone else then. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Joe.